Hello and welcome to Cinemondo with Kathy Mark and a special guest, Jim Payne. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi, Jim. Jim is uh, coming to us from across the waves in the UK. Where are you located? In, uh, in I live London? in uh, London. Uh, oh, you live right in London. Sunny London. It's dripping it down with rain at the moment. So it's uh, <laughs> very, very typical of this. We're place. having London weather right now. It's raining. Right right. We yeah. are. So um, I, I can't feel sorry for you. <laughs> I know you can't because I'm so sorry for us. Yeah, ninety percent of the time it's perfect weather, so this, we deserve this. And we've got the opposite. We have ninety percent of the time when it's awful, and then we have about ten percent of the time when it's just roasting hot. So <laughs> yeah. sounds sounds perfect. Yeah, it's great. And well, it's humid. Um, <laughs> it's brilliant. Okay, so that's all. We were just talking about weather today, so yeah. see you guys later. I mean, this is what you asked me on to talk about, right? Yeah, we're yes. talking. We're actually talking about weather. Yes, great. I can do that. Well, it's really thank you for coming on, and we can first talk about what you know. Uh, we about a month ago we had Ben Steiner on, who yeah. wrote and directed the film Matriarch, which you can currently see on Hulu here uh, worldwide, and. Um, that was a great interview. He, he was a lot of fun, and we really were big fans of the film, and still are. I actually saw it a second time this oh, week. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then we got an email from Jim, sort of a, a ribbing. A, 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 a tweet. Oh, it was a tweet. Okay, it was a tweet. It was a jocular tweet. It was. Kind of ripping on Ben, just, you know, in a very friendly way, saying, you know, thanks for, you know, including me or mentioning me in, in the podcast. So or said, not oh, mentioning me. That's, that was the not, problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was calling him a knobhead that I'm like, oh, we got to have this guy yeah. on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an expression you guys have? I, I'm guessing not. No, but no. I love it. I'm using <laughs> it now. <laughs> so, is that a British term? Do, am I fancy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like a soft it's, word for a dickhead, basically. <laughs> yeah. Not, that yeah, makes being, sense. Yeah. Being a knob, yeah, being a knob is being yeah. a dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just like a doorknob. That's how, how innocent <laughs> yeah. I am. Well, it's sort of multi-purpose, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so uh, we said we got to have Jim on because he's obviously yeah. has a sense of humor about it. And we'd also love to learn about editing because that's obviously such an important part of yeah. filmmaking. Uh, a film is made, you know, is made or not made. In, in the editing room and i think matriarch was extremely well made in all facets so obviously he did a great job with that film so we'd love to talk about how you got into this you know how, how you know you've been doing it for a while i checked out your imdb page and you've, you've done a lot of work so you, yeah you know, well i used to have hair when i started so uh, <laughs> it was uh, a job it just, yeah. it just went away uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um how did I start? Well, um, how far back do I go? I mean, when I was a kid, I always just, you know, like everybody, you know, I love films. And I used to watch, we main, we didn't really go to the cinema very much, couldn't really couldn't really afford it because we were like four kids and all the rest of it. So we ended up watching a lot of stuff, you know, two years afterwards, after it came on. And so my dad and I would watch Star Trek a lot, and that's how we sort of bonded. And I've got a, a Rafa Khan poster there, which I need to put up on the, uh, uh, on the wall. Um, and I just, you know, I just fell in love with it. And I, I was always sort of quite a creative kid and wanted to do something in the creative. Well, I was either going to become a vet, like a veterinarian, um, or I was going to be, do something sort of creative. Um, and then I sort of had a bit of a um, uh, bit of difficulty. I became quite ill um, and mm -hmm. had to leave school early. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Or it was kind of like, you know, everything has slightly fallen apart. And mm -hmm. um and so, you know, I sort of just did this media course at college uh, and it changed my life. You know, apart from anything else, it kind of brought me out of my shell and it made me feel, um, you know, confident enough to kind of go out into the world and, you know, meet people and the rest of it. But it also kind of, 
it made me realize, oh, actually, I could do this. I could actually make these films and obviously you know these sort of things you you direct and you write and you hold the boom and you'll do all that kind of stuff and it yeah. made me, and the part that i loved the most was the editing because i felt like it was a you could sit down for a living that was a big <laughs> um and uh, and b it felt like a sandbox you know you could play with stuff especially if you were shooting it yourself but but even mm-hmm. even if other people were shooting it for you you know you have all these kind of um, options you can sort of work it out, and you have a little bit of time to kind of think, oh, maybe that will work, maybe that work. And yeah. and previous to that, I would only ever thought of it as being, oh, well, you just stick the shots together. I mean, that's just how it works. You know, it's not really a creative job. But obviously, I learned that it's you know one of the most important mm. creative jobs on on the film. So uh, that's sort of how I began. Um, yeah, yeah, that's and, and it's so true because yeah, you yeah. you what your decisions like for instance. Uh, with Matrock, was Ben like over your shoulder saying, you know, like uh, keep this scene longer, or, or were you worked, or were you, did he give you some autonomy to sort of? Uh, well, the, the process was was because of the pandemic. We're shooting it obviously mm. kind of towards the end of the pandemic, and there was a lot of kind of COVID issues and blah blah blah. Um, and so, actually, ninety five percent of the the process was remote. Um, ah. And so, um, while they were shooting, they were sending me the rushes. And I was assembling it and then sending it to them to show that, you know, I was actually yeah. doing the job. And then I had like a little period of time after the shoot to just put it together, kind of almost like an editor's cut. I sort of don't like the expression editor's cut because you always got one mind on what the director might want. It's never yeah. a case of this is exactly yeah. how I want it to be. You know? I'm my movie now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. um, so uh, we – and then um, he watched it and liked a lot of it and um, – you know, a lot of it is quite close to what we had in, in the first place, but a lot, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, he wanted to try and change. And so he would sort of give me notes. And eventually he and I just sat on Zoom, basically, for, you know, days and days and said, can you try that? Can you move that? You know, what if we do this? And then, you know, we'd work out what works on the page and what didn't quite work in the script. And then, you know, we just sort of go through this iterative process of kind of, right. and then, you know, you get it to a point where you're happy with it and then you send it to, or, you know, semi-happy with it. And then you sort of send it to, you know, in our case, uh, the people at Disney and Hulu, and then they give you notes. Um, and in actual fact, um, we kind of pushed to get some reshoots done, uh, not reshoots, additional shooting mm. to kind of up the kind of horror stuff. Because I think there was a lot of, you know, the relationship stuff really worked really well. Yeah. But the... Towards the uh, towards the middle of the film, it felt a little bit like the danger had gone away, and so um, we were kind of like, oh, "It'd be really good if we could do this and and, and whatnot." And you know, we, and, and also Hulu kind of agreed with that, so it wasn't much of a fight to kind of get them to yeah. you know put up the money. Um, but um, and yeah, and then you just sort of go through this process, and then we had two weeks working together um, in the same room, which is great in Pinewood, um, nice. Pinewood ah. Studios, yeah. um, and. And that actually, that process really was quite transformative, actually, even though it was only two yeah. weeks and we're sort of towards the end of the process, just being in the same room, yeah. the energy that you... I was um, going to say have, that. Yeah, very, it yeah. is different. Because you're, um, you know, yeah. it's one thing, you know, as an editor in the pandemic, uh, it's okay, my job really, you know, I'm kind of doing it by myself, mm-hmm. so it doesn't change that much. But obviously, when you're in the same room, and you really can connect and communicate without this, without yeah. this, I think it makes a difference. And so yeah, you felt yeah. like the, that two weeks really sort of solidified the film and, and yeah. the vision. Yeah, I mean, well, we were able to kind of 
you know, we, we were able to watch it back multiple times together. And I think when you watch a film with someone else in the room, the energy changes. And it does. I always feel like I always push on the films I do, even the, like the very low budget, even short films. Can we just get into a cinema for half an hour oh, or yeah, half, yeah. two hours just to watch it? Because watching it on the big screen, your eyes move differently. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you take the information in differently. And something that might work on, you know, a, a laptop screen that a lot of people are kind of watching it on yeah. might not watch. And also, I think, you know, not to get too philosophical about it, but I think if you make films for the, for the cinema, even if they're only going to be on Netflix or whatever, you psychologically that psychologically affects how the audience watches it because they're watching what they consider our film but yeah. if you shoot everything for tv then everything becomes quite close and everything becomes quite you know because someone's only 10 feet away from the screen and all yeah. that kind of stuff. whereas you know what's been great actually i think over the last few years is you know with the advent of giant tvs and you know all that kind of thing you know <laughs> they were really cinematic yeah. tv series now in a way that yeah. there kind of never really was before right um and I, I, I kind of, um, yeah, I really kind of try and push that idea that we kind of imagine it's going to be on a 60-foot screen rather than people just watching it on their phones on the way to work or whatever. Oh, it, does but, that just break your heart to know that someone's watching all that? Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not one of just these kind of people who can't have it in, you know, it's got to be 16 by 9. It can't be 9 yeah. by 16 or whatever. Right. I kind of, I just think people consume things differently, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, there was a, TVs used to be four three, and then they become sixteen nine. You know, I I think that's great. And now I now I look back at four three, and I go, oh, that's a bit, you know, better time than everything. <laughs> no, that's all you had. You yeah. know, and, so. yeah. and you know, I'd rather someone watch it at all than yeah, exactly. Just go, well, I'm not going to watch it at home, you know, because I've got the kids or whatever. You know, I, I I'm I'm happy for people. I I get a thrill <laughs> out of knowing people have watched stuff. You know, I think sometimes, especially when you're beginning, you can kind of toil in. Um, What's the word? Uh, you know, people just don't know who you are and don't know the word. Obscurity. Yeah. And so you, you know, I had a sort of a previous, previous life as a documentary editor. Um, and, you know, some of the stuff I did got like 10, 15 million views in quite a small country, you know, in, yeah. in England, where the, you know, it's 70 or 80 million population. And so that's really thrilling. But if you take a short film to a festival and there's 200 people there and they go, oh, that was really good. That's also really thrilling, That's you know. True. So it's, yes. I just like people, you know. It's made for people to watch. It's not made to mm -hmm. just put on a shelf. That's true. And I think. Uh, How do you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Matrock. I think is very cinematic. I mean, yeah. it's a story about right. people don't know. I haven't seen the film. It's a, it's a relationship movie. story between a mother and a daughter. And then it kind of goes on from there, and it's <laughs> relationship. Of yeah. Folk, <laughs> yeah, folk it's, British folk, yeah, folk horror. It's dysfunctional family. Yeah. It's you know personal issues. You know, and it's funny and quite <laughs> profound and silly and um, and dark. And you know, there's, yeah, it's, yeah. there's a lot going on. And that was actually one of the challenges of making the film was like the tonal shifts between scenes. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so that was a that was a challenge, you know, because and actually we ended up cutting out some quite funny lines in the middle of quite dark sequences because it slightly took away the tension of what we were trying to yeah. do. Um, but you know, the, and there were some lines just like that was really funny, <laughs> and you're like, oh, sure. it sort of takes away from it. So it's you know, uh, ben, darlings, that's what they say. Yeah, it? that's what they say. Yeah. I was going to say. Ben mentioned that, like you know, there's yeah. some stuff that, but you, yeah, kill your darling. It's hard to do, hard to do, but. Um, <laughs> Well, otherwise, yeah. you just end up with a four-hour film, and no one's going to watch it. So. <laughs> it's got to be so hard to cut stuff that you love. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, how do you? I was trying to think. So when you, I'm trying to wrap my head around like how you um, approach a project. Uh, so 
how are you actually found like hired as the editor? And then when they tell you, I guess when you get hired and you hear about the film, do you already have some sort of uh, thoughts in your head, how you think it should run even before you've seen it? Do you read a script? Like what's the process like nuts and bolts? I'm always yeah. like fascinated so, by that. So sort of going back a little bit, when I left university, you know, mm-hmm. I would just do anything. So, you know, you just do anything, you know, there's that Malcolm yeah. Gladwell quote about doing 10,000 hours, you know, getting your reps in essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some, some decent stuff and some terrible stuff that I'll never show <laughs> anybody. Um, but, and so I didn't analyze it all that much at that time. I was just like, Oh, I'll just do whatever now kind of almost 20 years in. Um, and I, you know, I shouldn't, you know, I, I'm not Michael Kahn. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not someone who's like, Oh, I'll, I'll batting scripts away at all times. So it's not like I am <laughs> too busy. You know. Yeah, exactly. But I do turn things down quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, it's interesting. I was talking to a D- DP friend of mine recently and he was saying, you know, there's a film I want, I've been asked to do it's shooting in Austria. So it'd be like a paid holiday the script's not very good, but like the, the lighting team's all my mates. So I'll, you know, it's like a holiday with my mates that we're shooting a film on. <laughs> That's great for him. But for me, I'm, I'm sitting on my own in a room. Just yeah, watching right. the and so yeah. I don't have that other side of it to kind of, right. so it's purely about right. the material for me and, and the script. Mm, and if right. I don't like the script or don't care about it that much, yeah. unless it's paying a lot of money, then it's kind of, it's a long time yeah. to kind of, and, and you've kind of, again, not to get too sort of um, pretentious about it, but you've got to put everything into it to make mm-hmm. it work. And, you know, if you're putting everything into something that you sort of know from the beginning isn't that great, that's that's a difficult position to be in. So at yeah. a certain point, I just thought, I'm not going to do stuff that I don't like 100% care about unless, you know, yeah. they're going to pay for my mortgage. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, right. uh, so yeah, but in terms of like the process, yeah. So someone will send me a script or someone will email me. Twitter has been brilliant recently, actually, because I've made so many good friends and connections through Twitter and, Great. and also like I have an agent, people that some, you know, and he'll put me forward for things. And, mm-hmm. and so you just read the script and if it's a TV series, you know, that's already been going on, you watch all the episodes. Um, and then you sort of identify talking points, I think, um, yeah. from like, so you watch like the first series of uh, something and you're about to do, you, they're asking you to do the second series. And then you work out what's good about the first series and what maybe could be improved. And then you kind of work out how you can tell them that without them being offended. So basically the idea being that this is what I can bring to it. Right. So I'm not just a pair of hands pressing the buttons. I can actually yeah. bring something to it. Yeah, um, I'm wondering. And then also just sort, sort of on a practical level, you look at it and go, well, you don't need that film. That you know, at this point, I can look at a script and go, you don't need that transitional scene. Yeah. Know, be better okay. Oh, that's interesting. Together. Right. Yeah, that scene where you explain it might be useful in the script, and I'm not telling you not to film it, but we probably will cut it out. And you could have saved half a day shooting and shooting something else. Wow. You know, that kind of stuff. people people have found oh. that really useful. You know, especially oh, on like yeah. indie films where the money is yeah. like just not there. You know, if right. I could save them a day's worth of shooting just by saying yeah. you don't need it, then right. why not? You know, what if that's a val- valuable asset? I mean, go through yeah. the script and say, here, here's things, ten things you don't have to yeah. shoot, and yeah. you know, just save you a few thousand dollars. Saying, actually, we need to shoot something else. You know, that, that, yeah, that's you know, true. There's a point here where you know this character should be saying this or should be feeling this. And I don't think we're going to hit it with this moment. So, you know, add something else in. So um, do they bring you in before it starts shooting so you can have input or you, you yeah, can I mean, post and read the script and then try and make stuff work. I think a bit of both. Most of the, okay. like with TV um, and features, certainly you want to come in beforehand. And right. then ideally you're shooting alongside the, the, the film because it's, okay. I have had it once on a feature where they just said, here's a big box of footage. Yeah. Deal with it. Oh, um, God. That was quite 
you know, intent. Um, and sometimes you'll get short films where someone said, oh, we shot this six months ago and we, you know, maybe they had an editor who they, it wasn't right. I just did a short oh, film right. where an editor uh, handed it over to me because he just wasn't quite getting it and I've carried it on. Or uh, okay. I started again, essentially. Um, mm. And um, and so, yeah, but ideally you want to kind of get on ahead of time. Um, but in terms of like um, like the schedules for TV and stuff, I think that, yeah, they, they want you to work alongside because then they can see yeah. what is being got. So if, right. if things aren't working or they can see, oh, actually, I think we need a, you know, this performance isn't right. I mean, you know, Back to the Future is a classic example, isn't it, where Eric Stoltz was replaced because they were looking at the Russians and going, not quite right. Ah, or, that's brutal. Or Lord of the Rings, you know, with, um, <laughs> what was his name? Who was the chap? Uh, that showbiz, I can't remember his name. When Vigo Mortensen came oh, in, Mortensen. he wasn't the original he wasn't the original actor. He was oh, uh, really? they shot with someone else who was basically just too young for the part mm. and didn't quite have the gravity. So they kind of shot, I think, for a, a couple of weeks. God, and then, unfortunately, Stuart Townsend, that's who it was, I think. Stuart oh, okay. Townsend. Oh, Stuart Townsend, Townsend. yeah. Was, yeah. You kind of look at them, you go, oh, that's kind of the same guy, but one is older and a bit more, there's a bit more to him, I think. A more rugged. You know, a bit yeah. more lived, he's more lived, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, but you know, if they got to the end of the shooting of the Lord of the Rings and gone, oh god, what have we done? That's quite a lot to go back and sort out, isn't it? So, oh my yes, god! It is. yeah. I work um, a lot in. I do movie marketing, so I do movie posters and stuff oh, like that. So I come in very post usually, but yeah, sometimes course, we're working yeah. on series, and so they're happening as you're trying to figure out the marketing while they're starting to shoot like a mm. new series or whatever. And it's interesting to like try and project what you think is the feel and tone of a show or movie before you've actually even seen it. And you're yeah. coming up with, I'm wondering like, how do you, when you get a project like that, do you, what, what would you consider like your style? Do you try to adapt to like what the director wants, or do you kind of bring your own thing to it and tell them, well, this is how I usually edit, or is it sort of a symbiotic relationship? Um, it's symbiotic. I mean, there are okay. things that I feel like I know work and, mm -hmm can go okay well this is that sort of sequence and i've done that before or whatever mm -hmm. but it's ultimately you're responding to the material and if i think an editor who has a style right. is not really is only doing half the job really because they're right. i think um it's more about not imposing but it's more about bringing your ideas to it as opposed to any kind of style you know if mm -hmm. i were to rock up and say i only like to do single takes and i only like i never like to use uh. coverage i get fired very easily um, <laughs> but you, you know but a scene might live with that like i just did a short film uh, uh like a uh, bfi which is the british film institute uh, short mm. film and they the director shot everything with coverage but we ended up not using most of it we ended up mm. just staying with the character because so much mm. of the story is in her head and you see her reacting mm. um That's but nice. you could easily have just shot it you know one shot two shot looking at yeah. each other and that kind of stuff but ultimately the other characters kind of aren't that important um mm. but if i come in saying oh i only want to do you know cross stuff and then there's other things where you know a soap opera or a you know a sort of traditional kind of drama i think um you know you you want essentially what you want to do is kind of what is the audience what does the audience want to be looking at right now kind of guessing kind of i want to see this person's reaction at this point or yeah. what is the most important moment what's the most important thing to be looking at at this point um mm -hmm. and then sort of work backwards as opposed to going i'm going to be you know this film's going to be this a jim page you know, edit, you know, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, editor. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you, you ever see movies and, and really go, wow, that editing was incredible. And like, kind of like, I'm going to remember that trick for one of mine. Like, do you look at like a toolbox when you look at film? Yeah, I don't know if I like, I remember, I don't know if I, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I, I don't know if I remember 
like you know, I watch the film and go, oh, I'm going to do that. But it's it's all right. absorbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think everything kind of goes in, and you go, and stuff that took me two days ten years ago takes me thirty seconds now. So I think it's right. it's that sort of that sort of kind of osmosis stuff. But yeah, I mean, I definitely like um, you know there are there are examples things like you know whiplash or everything everywhere all at once which is mm. a lot of editing you know there's a lot yeah. going on yeah. and that's a challenge in itself to kind of tell quite a frenetic story and make it make sense but right. then you've got quite you know, <clears throat> gent- gentle kind of character dramas right. and the and the the you know the the trick of that is to kind of keep the interest and keep the intrigue or whatever is going on without mm-hmm. it becoming too busy and too kind of thing so it's kind of looking at things in a different way based on what the material is you know you wouldn't you wouldn't cut certain material one way but you would cut it the other way so sure like uh, you know Mm -hmm. you said you documentary films that's certainly a different type of editing versus east enters east enders or anything like that that you've done and then uh, doing like is this uh matriarch i I wouldn't fully call it a horror film but it has horror elements is that the first sort of horror film that you've done or do you have you done some shorts that were Mm -hmm. sort of like that i did a couple of shorts um, one with a really good friend of mine called Nev Pierce, who uh, was a film journalist, was, is a film journalist, but he's also now a filmmaker in his own right, and we've mm-hmm. done shorts together. And he, it, his, and again, that was kind of more psychological horror that became a little horrific at the end. Um, and um, what's that one called? By the it's way, called Bricks. That's called Bricks. Bricks. It's on my website. It's online. Um, okay. David, David Fincher really liked it. Um, wow. It was like a good quote. Scott Frank as well, like really liked it. So That's it did pretty cool. well. You know, it won a couple of awards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and it's quite it's it's quite satirical. In you know, it's it's about it's essentially it's about this um, kind of uh, Lord of the Manor and his kind of workmen in this cellar that's being built. Um, and there's you know tension between them because of various reasons, and you know, so it's there's a little bit kind of allegory to you know mm. the class system and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, right. but it's also quite funny in a dark way, and you know all that kind of stuff. I like films that do a lot of different things, but I've also done. Um, I did a feature a, a couple of years ago called Playhouse, which was mm. very much a kind of um, uh, kind of haunted house kind of film. You know, where nice. some people go to a thing. It it has sort of you know it, it. I wouldn't say, and I'm sure the director wouldn't say it's on the same level as The Shining because what is, <laughs> but it's that, it's that kind of thing where people go to a place and then kind of go mad. Um, yeah. so, but even that only has kind of a few kind of proper you know. Jump, I think it was nominated for like a jump scare award at Fright Fest. Or jump scare award. Yes, yeah, so there's funny. one. So there's one kind of moment which is like, oh god! And even when I was editing it, I was like, oh god! Every time, every time. I watch, uh, oh, that's oh, that's. I love that. I mean, it's. I, I, first, I actually see the Shining poster, a part of it, back at about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shoulder there, and. um I was just talking to Kathy before I just watched that film Exorcist three, which has one of the greatest jump scares supposedly mm. in, in movie history. And it's always fun to watch that. So a great jump scare. I'm in, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, were, we were talking before there's, um, I went to see cocaine bear, uh, night, <laughs> which is utterly ridiculous and really entertaining. <laughs> and there's some like completely unnecessary jump scares in that. And they clearly <laughs> thought we're just going to do this because it's going to shock the audience. Cause it's just entertaining. <laughs> So there's lots really of those ones going, you know, just all the way through. Uh, really so, oh, someone's just walking through a door and it just becomes a jump scare. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, who has a yeah. kind of a dry sense yeah. of humor and stuff. So she yeah, kind of exactly, threw that yeah. in just for that sort of jokey, yeah. like sort of smirking at the I camera. Think, you know, and stuff. If you go into it thinking it's the Revenant, then you're going to yeah, you know, you're <laughs> lose out. But if you go into it and just like enjoying a popcorn film, yeah. I think there's quite a few things about 
uh, that are kind of coming up, like Megan, for instance, yes. you know, it's a really entertaining kind of horror comedy kind of thing. Yep. And, right. um, you know, and I mean, even something like everything everywhere all at once is yeah. not, you know, it, it's, I, I love films that are kind of a bit of everything. Um, if you and, want a bit of everything, you should see RRR. Yeah. <laughs> because that yeah. movie. Yeah, the trailer just looks utterly mental. It's insane. it's so over the top in every single, whether it's action, the music, it's comedy. It's yeah. like uh, we, Kathy Burke and I saw it when it first came out here in the U.S. before it sort of took off worldwide. And we were oh, by yeah. ourselves, you know, in a Burbank yeah, the theater. theater. Was empty during COVID. <laughs> yeah, during COVID. And we sat and watched it. And we I didn't know what to make of it. I said, well, is this supposed to be? I thought it might be a serious sort of period drama. Yeah, we were like, oh. Must be so important like, historical drama. They're defying <laughs> gravity, you know. It's just so over the yeah. top. And then I watched it a second time, and I got it, and I was yeah, like, right. "Oh, great! This is just yeah. so entertaining, and just a big smile on my face the whole time." It's funny, so. isn't it? Sometimes you you watch a film and you're like, yeah. "But if you actually give it a chance, you can kind of go." Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it now. Let and it happen. Films hit hit you at a different time yeah. in your life, don't they? You mm-hmm. know, things don't connect. And then things do connect, and then later don't. You know, they sort of go away <laughs> a little bit. So it's, 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 so it's, it's kind of interesting how we're all, you know, there's this kind of evolving connection I think you have with the, you know, with cinema that is, true. Um, I mean, with all art, I suppose, you know, there are songs that I liked when I was 10 that I'm not so keen on now, you know. Yeah, you know, so, you get older, you figure stuff out. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, yeah. Maybe that's not a good song. But, you know, I, I still love, <laughs> you know, still love a bit of Britney. That's all right. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we'll cut that. We're going to cut that. <laughs> uh, we're going to edit that. I would love to like, I would love for you to see RRR and then have you back to talk mm. about the editing because okay. this guy has so much coverage with the incredible camera. The camera's always moving. And I always right. wonder if something like that, like I'm always impressed when someone can do a movie like that. And an editor can take all this insane footage of things moving around like fight scenes and all and make the choreography actually make sense. I mean, you know mm. where you are, and you you know the space, and you know exactly where everybody's going. Yeah. Can you have you ever edited like a kind of crazy kind of action scene that that is yeah. is that harder to do? Yeah. How do you approach stuff like that? I mean, it depends on how it's shot, really. Like something okay. like David Fincher will shoot like fifty six angles and do fifteen takes of each oh one. So it's like you know okay. that is that is literally just going okay. Well, let's just go through it. But I think I, you yeah. go back to kind of that thing of what should I be looking at right now? What is right. the audience supposed to be looking at? But with all scenes, whether it's a dialogue scene or an action scene, the yeah. first thing you do is just put it in front of you so that you mm-hmm. can assess it. Right. And, you know, the first first kind of assembly um, is going to be, you know, rough as hell and you're not going to want to show it to anybody. <laughs> but you just know, okay, well, I probably want to be on the wide for that bit and I want to be on the close mm-hmm. for that bit. And then you shuffle it all around and do it. And then you sort of refine it. Um, always going, well, you know, what is the best kind of moment? And you don't really... Yeah. You know, and then you're assessing, you know, okay, my, maybe this is kind of a cleaner shot, but that movement coming in is nicer. So maybe don't cut at all. Just keep on that shot. And mm-hmm. I just did a dance film, um, like a little yeah. short dance film. And actually, uh, one of the things was uh, letting the dance tell the story right? rather mm-hmm. than just being, you know, because you could just cut it all up and make it go kind of, you know, crazy. But yeah. actually, there's, you know, you want, it's a dance film and people want to watch the dancing, essentially. Yeah. Um, sure. And same with, you know, with martial arts, I think, um, who was it? Was it Bruce Bruce Lee or maybe Jackie Chan who said, you know, I always want you to see, oh, Gene Kelly with dancing. I want, yes. I want you to be able to see my feet, you know. Yeah, so, good point. No, it's me. Um, and, point. you know, if you just cut things together, like really, really, I don't know if you've seen that famous clip of Liam Neeson, I think in Taken 3, leaping over a fence. And I think it takes about, <laughs> 
it's like 10 seconds of footage and I think they cut like 21 times just literally just him getting oh. over the fence yeah. oh what is the point of that <laughs> crazy. well yeah. I imagine it's because Liam Neeson is a 60 year old man and couldn't get over the fence that <laughs> can't jump the fence I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm doing him a disservice, but or they just thought we need an injection of pace here. Let's yeah, go we need here. some action. Let's cut it faster. Yeah, exactly, yeah. but oh, it's so, it's almost a. It looks like a parody of that kind of. It's like an SNL sketch or something. Like, yeah, now yeah, I want to find that scene. Um, so yeah, well, I'll, I'll send it to you because it's okay. it's so so funny. That is um, really funny. Do you ever flips like that go around the editing circles? You know what I mean? It's like do they? Oh, they do. It's like I'm just about to ask Shame that. Like you know that kind of thing. Are there like fame? Like the sort of like since I do posters, everybody's like, "Oh, have you seen that poster?" You know, like yeah. the worst post yeah. ever made. I always wonder: is there in your industry like here's that editing scene? Nobody wants to do the embarrassing thing. Don't make this mistake. You know, this these yeah. terrible edits. Everybody goes, "Don't be in Liam Neeson scene." You know, but the problem with editing generally is mm. you don't know what that person had to work with. Yeah. You don't know, you know, is the best film a $100 million um, action sequence where they, you know, you know, action film where they spent 150 days shooting it? Is that the best edited film? Or is yeah. it a film that's been shot in 10 days and they had limited stuff to work with? Right. And what they've ended up with is a really watchable film. Very good you know, it's kind of a knowable, you know, with, with, uh, with production design or cinematography, it's right there. You can sort of see it. But because editing is kind of, contextual completely contextual mm -hmm. it's really difficult to kind of describe and that's why a lot of awards go to like the most editing you know they go yeah. oh that's got a lot of cutting in it so it must be the best <laughs> you know what i mean look at um, all that editing yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's really funny do you pay attention to the awards like the the editing awards do you ever have like okay that guy is definitely going to win this award i don't know how how to judge like editing against each other but it's your no, me really I just watch yeah. a film and think, is it good? Do okay. I like it? Do I notice? I don't know if it pops out I mean, to you. There's a kind of yeah. classic thing, was that, which is if you notice the editing, generally it's not that great. Right. Then there are moments in all films where you notice where the point of the of the gag or the drama is the edit. Yeah. Um, right. Again, it's all contextual, and it's it, it's difficult to talk about editing because it's so right. instinctive, and so that's much true. of it is. Um, uh, you know, and that's why I think you know where you know the Oscars felt comfortable having Joe Wright's you know editing speech, you know editing award nominate, you know given to him before the ceremony even started because they're like, oh, it's, I don't know what what is editing? It's just sticking it together, isn't it? Just, <laughs> yeah, it. No, there's yeah. no talent in that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and the, you know, the general public, you can't you know you can't point at yeah. you know, a beautiful costume or an amazing shot yeah. with editing. Right. It's all contextual. Right. You know? That's true. Right. Editing is kind of the invisible magic that people don't realize they're being yeah. like manipulated or um, brought into the story by a great edit. You know, yeah. and I know sometimes I've gone, God, that was a beautifully edited scene. I wish mm. I could remember one right now, but you go, Oh man, they did such a good job. Whether it's like like you're talking about like whether it's they cut it together really beautifully, usually an action scene, so that seems really complicated, but it's but then you exactly know what's happening and it's fluid and makes sense. Or whether yeah. it's that minimal editing that's just really sensitive and delicate like you were talking about the, the editing that stayed with the character in your, yeah. that film you talked about. I love that too. So it's kind of yeah, like, everything. Exactly. is it good or not? And then sometimes, Hey, that was a beautiful little editing scene there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. that. I'm quite lucky in that I get absorbed by films. I'm not someone, you know, I don't look at films like Neo in the matrix where all I can see is the cuts. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, a, oh, okay, you know, right. I, I can't see the matrix. Code. I do actually right. watch a film and, and if it's good i get sucked in um <laughs> but um yeah so i'm quite lucky in that regard i think a lot of editors kind of you know they finish work and then they you know 
it's that classic thing of like I'm creating art for other people that I can never see myself. You know, exactly. You see, especially in your own work, because you see all the drawings and you go, oh. And, and for a director, it's even worse because they're going, oh, if only we'd shot another take. If only we'd done this. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we need this one more scene I could have used <laughs> in this thing. But actually, Ben was you know relatively happy, I think, with with because um, it had been quite a difficult process. He'd had um, COVID, and then the actor, the lead actress, um, had. Uh, Jemima Rupert, she'd had COVID, uh, so the sh production was shut down. So I think he was just pleased to get to the end of it, basically. That's true, um, yeah. And then when yeah, he watched it, he was going, oh, actually, you know. And the other thing is, being an editor, is is so much of it is the, I don't know if politics is the right word, but it's yeah. kind of, it's dealing with people, essentially, you know. And so yeah. if you're working with a director, a lot of it is, in that instance, it was like, no, we do have a film. We need to do this, this, and this, but this is a good film. There was a film here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, making them feel comfortable. Um, and also sort of knowing when to say things and when not to say them. So. Yeah, exactly. Let, let me ask you this, Jim, going back to Matriarch. Um, you, you, know, you work on this film with Ben closely. You go back and forth you know, months and weeks, and you come up with what you think is, okay, this is the film we want. And then you send it off to Hulu or Disney, and they came, come back with notes. Is that, was that kind of a tough thing, to, uh, outside people coming in, or is that just you knew that was going to be part of the gig? Um, dealing with this and did that sort of affect you and sort of bother you that oh my gosh they're, they're going to change it for the better or worse I, I know you mentioned more horror stuff you know they want to add it in but just an overall yeah. feeling of having other people come in at the 11th hour and say okay do this 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 and this I think um, both Ben and I have been quite lucky in that we've had um, you know I worked in documentaries for like I say for about 10 years um, and so that's very collaborative you're working with an edit producer or a producer a director mm -hmm. you've got channel execs you've got um, production company execs and so you're never that far away from an opinion do you know what I mean so you get oh, used yeah, to it. Yeah. You, you've right. always got that um, that initial feeling of oh you're ruining my genius why are you getting involved <laughs> um, and so like you should never it's that classic thing of you should never respond to an email straight away you should always just sort of, <laughs> right let it germinate um, yeah. But, you know, um, you know, we were prepared to do that. And also, you know, I really welcome good feedback because, yeah. you know, you do get too close to it and you do kind of mm -hmm. go, you know, right. the whole point of my, you know, Ben could cut the film himself. You know, he knows how to use an avid, but he's, yeah. it's good for him to have someone who isn't as close to it and yeah. can bring a different perspective to it and cut things in a different way than he was imagining. Um, and so that's the sort of one removed really is that, you know, having, a, it's good to have a producer who comes in and goes, actually, have you thought about that? And we're like, Oh no, I hadn't. And so like, some oh. of the suggestions, you know, we, we absolutely thought, Oh yeah, it's good. Good idea that. Um, so how are, that's, that's what you want. How are notes from like a studio, like different, like the corporate studio versus the people who are like involved in the film when you get notes down from like a Hulu or a, you know, Disney or whoever, the corporate overlords, <laughs> do those notes, are they, do they differ from the, the approach that the creative people close to the film are? Are they more like we need, are they talking about like marketing and selling to a certain audience or they give you actually good creative notes? I think they, in this particular instance, I think they would just focus on the creative notes, really. I don't think, that, I, I never got the sense. I mean, there was, there was consternation about the title. Originally, the title was Worm Eater. Um, and so right. there was kind of a concern that it would turn people off, basically. You know, no one's going to click on the, on the film. Well, some people would click on the Worm Eater, but perhaps, but perhaps not everyone would. Right. So, it was changed, you know, so there was a kind of bit of a focus group going on and looking at what names and that kind of thing. So, See, that's where I come um, in. Marketing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, so they, well, you know, they, what would be a good title? <laughs> they picked 20 terrible names and then you just all have to pick one of them. Exactly. Um, that tends to be a thing. But 
I think matriarch works really well, actually. Yeah, it's um, really nice and, and it's you know, accurate. There's a bit of bit of weight to it, you know. Yes, worm you know, worm eater, you know, works for perhaps a different kind of film. I think. Very true. Um, I think. I, I, but in terms of their, um, you know, m most of them, you know. Uh, even you know, even the people who aren't necessarily directly connected in the creative mm -hmm. process, you know, they they're doing it for creative reasons. And yeah. so, you know, if um, I always feel like if you know if the T boy has a good idea, you should listen to it. So. <laughs> the T boy, <laughs> what is a T boy? Is that like well, who it, the guy uh, the guy that killed the boy brings like, the tea. I, I somehow managed to transport myself back to the twenties then, when <laughs> when some, at, at, at four o'clock in the afternoon, everyone would have silver silver teacups on the set and sit around and. Um, I, I guess I mean runner, I suppose, <laughs> runner or PA or something. Um, but yeah, and I think um, you know when you get, um, I I don't think you should. It's, but it is difficult, you know. If you're, you know, you get close to something and then someone else goes, "Oh, it's rubbish." It depends on how they say it, isn't it? You know, if they go, oh, "I really yeah. like this," but yeah. have you thought? You and know, you know, it's so subjective too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, That's the other thing. It's, it's, it's art. This is art. I mean, not art everybody's going to like the art that you make. I mean, it's just and the it's, reality. It's a very it. unique art as well because you are, yeah. you know, you can paint a picture mm -hmm. on your own. You can't really make a film. Yeah, this is own. a team. Um, That's right. Yeah. And so you've got to kind of be. And Ben was great in that way. He was very collaborative and he wasn't precious Wonderful. about things. And, you know, he Good. was very direct about kind yeah. of saying, oh, that's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't quite get that. Or, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and he would allow me to kind of go, well, maybe we could just, you know, leave it with me for a bit and I'll see if I can figure something out. And then there was like, there were some notes which obviously we didn't agree with, but we, you know, you have to do them and try them at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and just by letting me work on it for a bit, I was able to go, oh, okay, figure it out, uh, you know, do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's in the sequence and no one looking at it would go, oh, it was, was never intended to be like that. Right. But, um, you know, so it's a, I think it's a balance, as all things in life, it's a balance of sort of... Um, and, and you know, trying to be friends by the end of it as well is a, yeah. A, it's I've, I've been relatively lucky in that I, you know I've stayed friends with most of the people I've worked. With. <laughs> That's good. Always, but, what's yeah. uh, what's on deck for you? Are you working on anything currently, or anything big uh, coming up for you? Or um, well, obviously, I'm mainly working on my tan at the moment. <laughs> kind of the, uh, All that sunny weather where you <laughs> are. Focus exactly. Yeah, it's always quite. I mean, I just finished um, uh, a BBC sci-fi series um, called Silver Point. It's the second series Ooh. of Silver Point. So I've done some episodes of that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's having the visual effects work done and the mix and all the rest of it. So I'm not sure when that's out, but it'll be end of the end of the year. That's on the BBC in this country, and then it'll be on Hulu, I think, uh, around the oh, world cool. as well. So that's another yeah. Hulu thing. Um, and that was great fun because it's kind of a young adult drama, um, but uh, it's you know it's sci-fi, which is a genre I really like, and it's kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's got very British sensibilities, so it's quite you know the the, the humour is very British and um, and this season they've um, or series as we call them, um, you know <laughs> yeah. this series has gone uh, you know stepped up quite a lot. You know the first mm. series was quite contained, um, and this series has sort of really expanded and it's been really really great. It's one of those jobs you think shouldn't really be this enjoyable. Why? <laughs> Everybody's way too no, nice. I'm, I'm waiting yeah. for. <laughs> The shooter drop. drop. Yes, yeah, yeah, the shooter drop. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, why, you know, am, am I, are they getting it edited by someone else? I'm just here playing, you know. Are they um, not telling me the truth back there? Yeah, they're out there talking exactly. about me. Yeah. Do you have a favorite genre that you prefer, that you like doing the most? Or are you, because it sounds like you've done a lot of different types of editing. Yeah, for so. better or worse, I've done a lot of different things, which I think, yeah. you know, can, you know, means I'm reasonably versatile, I think, but it yeah. also means people are going, aren't necessarily able to go, oh, what does he do? You know, that kind of thing. But I think most <laughs> editors feel that way. They like doing lots yeah. of different kinds of things. Right. All editors hate 
uh, dinner table scenes because there's just so oh, many angles and people looking uh, in different directions and getting the that's you know, getting the rule of 180, getting people looking at the right angle, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's so that's much cool. coverage and you know all that kind of stuff. I love that. Um, but in terms of genre, I mean, I, I'm I really like. I mean, it, this again sounds a bit cheesy, but it comes down to like the story. You know, if I really connect with the yeah. story, whether it's a you know a, a monster movie or whether it's um, mm-hmm. you know just over my shoulder, there's a little short here. Um, called twice as good and that was commissioned by film four over here um and and that's a really small character drama really um about this uh, single black mother and her uh slightly disabled younger uh, young son um and they come into um they come home one day from shopping it's been a long day and you know all that they come into the kitchen and there's a man in a sort of homemade uh time travel suit uh, just sat on the floor, <laughs> covered in blood. Oh, and it's and and then what 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 sort of starts as quite a naturalistic drama becomes this kind of sci-fi thing, but then actually becomes this sort of social commentary thing. Um, mm. which, oh, that sounds good. Know, we, yeah, exactly. So it's it kind of moves through different kind of ways, and 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 because there's layers to it, you can you know the thing I loved about everything everywhere all all at once is you can look yep. at it as an action film, you yep. can look at it as a genre film, but really what it is, it's about this relationship between a mother and daughter yep. and just not connected. Yeah. Yeah. I think any film, you know, Ratha Khan is actually about getting old and dealing with the past. It's yeah. not really about you know spaceships and all that kind of stuff. That's true. I right. think so. That's one of the reasons why I really like genre films yeah. is that you can exactly. sort of you know if you did them as just a two people sat in a room, yeah talking it might not be that interesting but if you do them on the bridge of the enterprise it suddenly becomes kind of exciting and engaging um and so you know i think it's you know that's that's the you know characters and conflict and relationships are are the center of all films aren't they really so that's true strong relationships and subtext brings i think more depth to the film in general like something like hereditary which is one of our favorite horror films yeah it's basically just about a family that's so dysfunctional and, and yeah. so many bad things happening but ultimately those characters are so strong and the the relationship so complex and interesting that the horror aspect's almost secondary to yeah. that film yeah you <laughs> know exactly it's, I mean, it's the same with matriarch you know the, the film is it not is about similar. the horror it's about no it's not this relationship between a mother and daughter it's oh, really so a painful moment yeah. and then it's dressed up in the kind of horror clothes but it's yeah not about that you know yeah and that's I, what I, I really responded to you know yeah. yeah i think that's genre you, you put that in the horror genre yeah. but it's it's not it's really a drama about a yeah. you know, relationship and their mm-hmm. horror elements i think the best yeah. genre films are ones that focus on the characters and then there you sprinkle in the mm-hmm. sci-fi or the horror or the action or whatever and i think that's those are the ones that are engaging those are the ones that stay with you and i think yeah. that's what made matriarch why we liked it so much is like mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah there's hard that there's horror elements that great yeah. the great scene at the end of the greenhouse all that stuff is really cool but the relationship was yeah. compelling from the outset the characters yeah. you know were really compelling and that's, that's what great. made it a good film so i'm glad it's yeah. doing well it's i always yeah. see it as a, as a tile yeah. uh, you know uh, uh, it's still up there one of the mm-hmm. first things i see when i go to the hulu you know page yeah. so Rascal. i'm sure it's doing yeah. really well and yeah um, they seem very happy with it and um that's good yeah, it's funny you know you get to the end of the project and uh you know it takes you a while to kind of digest what you've done really yeah and sometimes you 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 do something and you think i'm going to need another five years before i can watch that again but i feel <laughs> sure. like i can watch bits of major i can go you know what that's pretty good you know yeah. you're uh, your own worst critic and all that kind of stuff but you know, <laughs> i feel like i can stand behind it you know and i think yes that's, that's important yeah. and you work well, so closely with all those people it's almost like a family and also it's just yeah. done that's so weird yeah. 
and I think it's worse for people who work on set because they yeah. are literally, you know, literally sweating for twenty day, twenty hours a day, a yeah. day or whatever. Um, you know, and together and yeah. sleeping in accommodation together and going on going yeah. to the pub, and you become this this little community, and then you yeah. just scatter, just disappear, yeah. and then you might never see them again. You know, so because weird. everyone's working. You know, it's, yeah, everybody it's so does weird. something different. Yeah, so strange. Um, uh, Jim, I'd love to see some of your shorts. So what's what's your website? So my website is www. Do you have to say the www anymore? I don't, I don't know. even know. <laughs> no. actually, it's one of the only kind of acronyms that's actually uh, slower to say than just saying whoa, whoa, whoa. Better than do that. World Wide Web is quicker. There's less syllables in World Wide Web. World Wide Web. Anyway, it's jimpage.co.uk. Okay. And... Uh, yeah, so there's you know the shorts on there, um, and then there's links to the features. And I've also like I had a bat, you know, I had a um, a sort of a career doing branded stuff for like Sony and Disney oh, and okay. you know, corporate, you know, not corporate so like commercials and that kind of thing. Um, and I also did you know documentaries for Discovery and the BBC and stuff. So there's yeah. quite a lot on there. So if you're if you're that bored, then you can really <laughs> uh, you know, you can really dine out on my website. No, I'm Laura. looking forward to watch your shorts. Yeah. So you know, thank you for. I, I encourage all our uh, viewers to also check it yeah. out because, uh, and if they haven't seen Matriarch, please check it out on Hulu because it really is a winner. And it's one that holds up to after a second viewing. Oh, I can attest really to does. that. So, that's yeah. and then I, I let us know when you eventually get to RRR. Yes, and we'll talk to you about the editing. Keep in mind that movie's almost four hours long. So, wow, that's my movie. Quite yeah, <laughs> watch it like watch it as a series for one hour yeah. episode. Just watch yeah. like an hour a night, and people will get Ben on too. We can all have a big powwow about That'd it. Be oh, that'd be good. Fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ben's, Ben's a great talker, and he's a really thoughtful, interesting yeah. bloke as well. So it's yeah. a good man. Yeah, we um, liked him very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah Well, Jim, this was really fun, so and uh, don't go away. I'm going to do the outro, and then we'll just chat a little bit more. But uh, thanks very much for coming on. Very, very pleased to be here. Thank you. Bye. Okay. See ya. <laughs>